Pod fam, what is going on? I hope you are well, and welcome to another episode of Podcasting Success Secrets. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I'm your host. And I've spent much of the last decade helping to figure out or trying to figure out how to make a successful podcast. And this show is about all the things I've learned, all the challenges I've been through, all the struggles I've gone through, and ideally, hopefully, things that you don't have to go through as well. And on today's episode, we talk about the journey of a podcaster, and we talk about what that evolution looks like and how you can go from starting out and not knowing what to do to eventually seeing this as a potential career and kind of how that has evolved over time. And our guest today is Chris Daly, and he is one of the veterans, the OGs in the podcasting space, and he's spent much of the last two decades almost working with podcasters and helping podcasters to grow. And the interview goes all over the place, but I think if there's anything that comes from it, as I'm kind of reflecting on that conversation, it's how do you squeeze the most out of your show? How do you squeeze the most out of your podcast? And we're going to talk about it today. So enough for me, y'all. Let's get into today's episode with Mr. Chris Daly. Podcasting success secrets, family. Guys, we're here on another episode, and it's a different conversation today. I was just talking with our guest about our rebranding, and Chris, I think you are guest number two or three into our official rebrand. Right before I hopped on, I was updating the cover art. We've had the name change for a while. We're doing some tests, and the biggest thing that I've been holding on to and trying to figure out is at the beginning of every show, I would say MYP fam, right? Marketing your podcast fam. And they've caught on to that and they asked me, like, what are we going to do with that? Are we still the MYP fam? <laughs> what, you know, PSS fam sounds a little weird. And so anyways, all that to say, Chris, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Podcasting Success Secrets Show. Oh, you bet. Thanks for having me. And I will tell you, it all sounds weird. I appreciate it. That makes me feel uh, a lot better that that it actually doesn't matter. Now, you were here and I was looking at your LinkedIn bio before I hopped on and 18 years in the podcasting world. I thought I had been spending a long period of time. I've been helping podcasters for about six years now, something like that. But you've 3X'd me. So (laughs) give us a little bit about your story, how you got into it, like background, and then we'll go from there. It's almost 19 years now. (laughs) Podcasting started in fall of 2004, and I was, depending on who you ask, either the fifth or the sixth person to ever do a podcast. So I was working with Adam Curry and Dave Weiner, the people who were creating it, and really playing around because I had done internet radio prior to that. And I thought, yeah, this is cool. We can time shift things. I literally spent probably 70% of 2005 traveling around the country, speaking to business groups, speaking to colleges telling them, look, this thing's coming, this podcasting thing, it's going to blow away everything and nothing but blank faces. They had no clue what the heck I was talking about. It was way too early, right? I think the saying is the pioneers get the arrows. They get the arrows in the back. And I think part of us is still saying that it's coming. Podcasting is coming. But also to that point, it hasn't gone away yet either. It has been slow and steady. And as other platforms have ebbed and flowed, like if you think about in 2004, right? Mm-hmm. we're not using any of those apps. I mean, maybe Facebook has stuck around and made it, right? But all of the other platforms and the social media apps have come and gone and podcasting RSS feeds or whatever incarnation they are has still stuck around, which I think is a testament to the medium. Well, it's a testament to the power of being the media. 
we were the ones who started it prior to the whole social media craze. This started when bulletin boards were the thing and MySpace started. So Facebook is a Johnny come lately, but you're right. Podcasting is still here. Now there are grandmothers who know what a podcast is. So you're right. It's here. Yeah. And I would imagine that you had to feel kind of like a, forgive me for saying this, we just met maybe 10 minutes ago, but you had to feel like a crazy person jumping up and down, waving, saying this is coming. The people who paid attention back then, if they started back then and found a way to continue on, those are the Joe Rogans. Those are the Mark Marins. Those are the people who really found a way, the Jordan Harbingers, right? There's these people who how did you have so much success as a podcaster? And they're like, well, I started way before everybody else. What was that like talking to businesses back then and kind of seeing that? It's interesting because all the people you mentioned came probably six or seven years later because that's when it did a shift. But you're right. When I was talking to businesses, they were clueless. Johnson & Johnson was the first company to ever actually advertise in a podcast. And they did it because they got talked into it, but nobody was doing it. And now, you know, I make a living creating podcasts for people, developing, hosting, but also finding podcasts you can advertise in, helping people find that outlet. It's been slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. People always ask me, why podcasting? Why did you choose to make a career in podcasting? And I've talked ad nauseum about that, but I'm curious for you why you chose to stake your claim in your career, all of the things that go along with it, why you saw that podcasting was worth that. To these groups around the country, it's the chance to be the media. You know, we were at a time in media where it was controlled by a very, and it still is, a very few companies. Clear Channel owned most of the radio waves, and they controlled everything. If you wanted to play music, you know, this was before RIAA and ASCAP crashed down on everybody. When we started, we were all playing whatever music we wanted. We didn't care about licensing. So if you wanted a music show, which I had an early music show, if you wanted one that played pop, country classical, you could mix it all together because that's what people really like is people like, I guess, their own taste. They don't like tuning into a clear channel station, hearing the same 14 songs over and over and over. I remember in those early days, I caught on a little late, but we would download these six, seven hour long podcasts Mm -hmm. that were music streams. And sometimes some of them had DJs and they would talk in between. But it was interesting because it was the only place you could get it. Right. And I'm curious if you feel that podcasting still has some of that ethos or what from those early days do you think still persists into podcasting today? What really still persists more than anything is how I end every show. I do probably 60 different shows a year and not episodes, different shows. (laughs) And I close every single one by saying, keep it real. And that's what started And that's what's still strongest in it now is when Joe Rogan talks, he's speaking what he really feels. He's not reading a script. You know, yes, NPR did serial and that was very scripted and that was a cool thing. But the real power of podcasting is what we're doing. We're real people having a conversation about a real subject and none of us has an agenda. None of us a corporate overlord that says you have to mention this three times an hour. Yeah. They always talk about the printing press as 
like this hallmark kind of moment. And, and it was, and it is. Sure. I don't think that they're giving podcasts that same kind of credit because in the same way that printing press allowed ideas to be amplified and spread at scale, what podcasts are doing is not only are they allowing that same thing where ideas can now be distributed, but the mix of these ideas and the clashing and the coming together and the conversations that are happening, right? With printing press, it was one way right? In the sense that it was someone who was writing something and you were getting a narrative. Whereas what you're also talking about is a lot of times podcasts are two-way, right? They're conversational. And I don't think that people realize the power that those conversations are having, both from the people who are having them, but then also everybody who's getting to sit in and be a fly on the wall to these kinds of conversations. No, I agree totally that those of us who are doing it realize it, but you're right. The average person thinks, what is this podcast thing? That's about how far they analyze it. But you're right. It's huge. It's game changing. When we talk about like reality TV, that seemed like it was going to be something similar, but the powers that control television quickly grabbed it and said, no, we're going to script reality. (laughs) And that hasn't happened in podcasting. Yes, there are a lot of corporate podcasts out there, but at the end of the day, the majority are things like this. It's you and I, it's a long tail, people talking about a whole lot of different subjects. Right. People always say that there's too many podcasts out there, right? But no one's necessarily saying that about books or TV shows. Maybe they are saying it, but no one is really arguing that people should stop writing books. And no one's really arguing that we should stop making TV shows because in the same way, people are always looking for new things. Things are always evolving and people's interests are always evolving and aging and developing and things like that. So I'm curious for you, you work with a lot of shows and you've had the privilege of having some real time in this space Where is your, in terms of your horizon or where's your scope, what are you looking forward towards or making sure that your shows are ready and prepared for or improving in this regard? I'm just curious from like a long time horizon, how you might be looking to improve and level up your shows. Well, as far as leveling up, I think part of the appeal of podcasting is they're not that polished. Yes, there are polished ones out there, but the fact that you're sitting in a room holding a mic, I'm sitting in a room talking on my computer, that's not real polish. So in that respect, I don't think we need to level up a lot. But being a guy who's in the industry, I think the real growth and real expansion is the number of podcasts. Yes, there are 25 million out there right now, but there's 8 billion people. So there's no reason we shouldn't have 100 million podcasts at least. That's a really good point. And I think for podcasters to realize that there is enough people for them to reach, right? This would be an interesting conversation. And perhaps we'll talk about this when we get back from break. But is it a podcaster's job to get more podcast listeners, right? That's something that I've heard. It's not a podcaster's job. And I actually agree with that. It's not a podcaster's job to go out and get more listeners to podcasts. It's their job to go out and get people who are already listening to podcasts to listen to their show. It's the platform's job to go out and get more people to listen to podcasts. But you mentioned something a little bit before that businesses, they're not seeing the value of podcasts, right? And that they're kind of misaligning with it. In your mind, what are the biggest benefits that a business can gain from having a podcast? Well, actually, there's three. One is creating your own podcast, right? That is huge in terms of your brand, being seen as an authority, being seen as a subject leader of sorts. So that PR and 
reach is huge. The second one is being a guest on a podcast. Now, obviously, if you go on some of these business shows who want to talk about, like in your other show, scaling up, and if you have expertise in an area, you go on that show, suddenly people find out about you, they go to your website, go to your socials, whatever. And the third one is that advertising piece, because maybe you don't want to spend all the time to create your own show. You don't want to book a whole lot of guest interviews. Instead, you just want an ad to get out in front of people. And those ads convert at a much higher rate than traditional radio or television and at a fraction of the cost. So once the right kind of businesses understand it and find the right podcast that matches them, they jump on. And because I'm in marketing, I always tell people, hey, if you had a magic box that you put a quarter in and got out a dollar every time, you'd throw every quarter you could find into it. That's what it is with podcast advertising. Once you have that connection, it's the best ROI out there. Yeah, this is good. This is really good, Chris. Early on in our show, we had some of the legends. We had the Evo Terras. We had the Rob Greenleys, you know, the people who have been in it for a while and love them. Great guys. But I think you bring a really unique business perspective that I think is unique, at least from some of those guys who are maybe a little bit more into the audio side of it. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. I want to talk to you about Podcast AMA, and that's our brand new community. Well, it's not really brand new. We started a while ago, but we're really ramping up, and we have committed to doing two live events every single month to help you grow and improve your podcast. And so once a month, we're going to be getting together with just everybody. And so we call our podcast virtual mixers. And they're just a, an opportunity for you to connect with other podcasters. And then the other time, we're going to bring in a guest expert where you can learn, ask questions, find out how you can implement some of these tactics on your podcast. And so if you want to get info, go to podcastama.com. That's podcastama.com. And you can find all the info about our next event. All right, Chris. So what are the biggest frustrations that you see with other podcasts? Or when you see like other shows, what are the things that drive you crazy or the things that you say, like, if only you just did this or some of those big glaring mistakes that you think by fixing could really move the needle a bit? I guess that depends on if we're talking established shows or new guys, because the mistakes are very different. Yeah, usually most of the people who pick up this show, they're past that 25 episode mark. They're in that 25 to 75 episode range where they figured out how to keep going. And now they're like, okay, now what? How do I actually turn this into something? That's usually where we find that a lot of our listeners are. The number one thing for me is take the darn thing serious. Yes, I know they've put out 25 episodes. I've known people who've put out 150 episodes, but really don't take it serious. They still don't value themselves. It becomes a psychology thing. It's participating in things like the podcast AMA. It's going to events like that. It's working with other podcasters and being brave enough to go out and ask for a sponsor and realize that your show has value if you have an audience. And if the issue is you have no audience, then it's a matter of either create a better show or get it out there more. There's so many channels to get things out there. Use those other channels, cross-promote, play little tidbits on Instagram or YouTube shorts or whatever. Whatever you can do, build your audience. Once your audience is there, then have confidence in your audience. Decide what it is you want out of the thing? Do you just want people to know what you're thinking or do you want to make some money off of it? You know, there's a whole lot of different motivation. Yeah, that why the reason for a business starting a podcast is so important. And what's interesting is I find that so many businesses, entrepreneurs, 
They don't have that. They start it just thinking it's a good idea. Maybe in their head, they're thinking that they'll figure out how it fits together later. But <laughs> I think that's too late. It's too much work to just figure out later. <laughs> when you're working with the shows that you produce, are there any must-dos, key elements, things that you make sure to integrate? When I'm thinking about the shows that we try and construct, trying to be very cognizant of our listener experience. And so if we have ads in there, how many ads do we have together at the same time? How many ads are we doing total? What does the flow sound like? Really thinking through how that listener experience comes together, we found goes a really long way in, in retaining listeners. Are there any things like that that you guys try to incorporate into the shows that you guys are putting out? Well, this may go against what I said earlier, because I said, be real. Pay attention to whether or not you're interesting, whether or not you drone. If you speak with passion, if you speak excitedly, or even whatever the, the scenario is, if you speak from the heart, people will get it, even if your delivery is not amazing. But I think that delivery is what creates that relationship. And at the end of the day, that relationship is what keeps them coming back, gets them to refer you to somebody else. That's what grows the audience is, do they feel you're their friend? Yeah, you probably understand this too. Speaking with a lot of people and helping them understand the value of podcasts, I bring up the fact that we are in like a very TikTokified world where people's attention spans are tied to their thumb and they have that two or three set. I mean, it is like built in mechanism where our thumb is at ready to give us that next hit of whatever. And what's cool is that with podcasts, that is totally taken away. There's no thumbs involved. I mean, maybe people skip through the ads and 15 second skip through a little bit. But even then, they're skipping through so that they can spend another 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes listening to you, not swiping away and going to someone else's content and doing something else. And so the ability to really spend a significant time with your audience, I just don't know that there's another way to accomplish that in today's world. No. And that's one of the things I tell potential advertisers is, yeah, well, you get a lot of views on TikTok or YouTube or something like that, but you don't get that connection. When people are listening to podcasts, most of the times it's with earbuds or it's in their car. So it's while they're doing something like driving or mowing the lawn or walking their dog, and you are literally in their brain. It's just you and just them. It doesn't get any more connected than that. So especially after they've listened to an episode or two and have subscribed, decided they want to hear more things that you have to say, you've got that relationship. In marketing, it's all about, do they know, like, and trust you? We've got that. I don't know, like, and trust anybody on TikTok. I just keep flicking through. You know? Right. It's a different level of connection, a different level of engagement, a different level of relationship, which is what businesses are looking to create. Last thing here, when you're thinking about businesses, because that seems to be a world that you're in, is how do businesses leverage or how can they maximize podcasts? Are there things that you feel someone can do better to make that integration more successful? more effective. The other side of it and that I hear from business owners is like, well, what's the ROI of podcasting? How do you measure ROI? So I'm just curious how you not only answer that question, but how you help businesses actually create that ROI. Yeah, that's a tough one because all advertising, especially if we're talking about the advertising piece, it's really hard to track 
when you're talking about branding. There's a reason Coca-Cola is everywhere. It's just because that branding, they have to keep putting it in front of you. There's no real call to action on a Coca-Cola sign, but they expect you to have a call to action in your podcast ad, which again, slows down conversion. At the end of the day, though, whether you're advertising, whether you're creating your own show or guesting, it is all branding. It's building your brand. It's building your name recognition. So I guess the only real lever is to keep doing it. That's what makes it work. If you just put one ad in one show and expect, oh, now I'm going to sell a thousand widgets, it's not going to happen. Right. We found the one-time podcast ad just does not work, right? The value comes from the consistency and it being in the catalog and being over a number of episodes. Fantastic advice. Forgive me for jumping all over the place here, but it's not often where we have someone who's had the depth of experience that you had. So I appreciate you covering all sorts of topics. Is there anything that we didn't get into today that you feel is relevant and pertinent to what we talked about today? Well, not really. Overall, it's those three things. Almost any business can benefit from creating their own show, being a guest on a show, or advertising. I've got a free report that I can give out to people if you want me to give that out so they can go find out if it is a good fit. Yeah, it's pretty simple. You just text the word podcast to 713-269-4620 and we'll get you the report, everything you need to know. Nobody will try to sell you anything. Because I'm really all about where I've been from day one. It's shaking the trees, telling people this stuff is amazing. You've got to try it. Yeah, we'll link that up in the show notes. And guys, go get get that report. That sounds awesome. I want to thank you guys for sticking with us today. If you guys found any value out of today, we would be forever grateful for a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone who has a show, is thinking about starting a podcast, please send them this episode. And then I would encourage you to take at least one thing that Chris said today, at least one, go out, implement it, execute it, and let us know how it goes. Chris, where can they get connected with you online? I'm everywhere. And it's easy to find because my last name is spelled funny. So it's Chris, last name is spelled D-O-E-L-L-E. Look for Chris Daly on every social media out there. I'm very easy to find. Go get connected with Chris. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Hector Santiago on Twitter at Hector underscore podcast. And as always, thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you on the next one. Later, fam. Thanks.